I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. It's Lindegaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Magnum, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from John Goal! Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast. I'm Ian, joined today by Ben Barrett and Dave Coates. And we're here to talk. This is probably going to be the most positive Yeovil Town themed podcast you will listen to on Monday the 18th of October 2021. I think is the only way we can kick this one off how are we doing lads we've we've had us we've had a sleep do we need more several more i'd say yeah <laughs> is it is it going to be positive just because we're going to talk is that it doesn't matter what we say it's going to be more well, positive because no, we're I mean, not crying in a corner it's going to be the most positive yeovil town theme podcast that listeners will hear on the 18th of october because oh, there are God. no other yeovil town theme podcasts probably coming out unless unless mr day pops up with a a youtube sh- stream again <laughs> maybe he's mr Brightside. <laughs> i'm sure we can think up of a few names for him um yeah so how are we doing are you all right i'm all right how are you ben um i'm a little bit down yeah a little bit blue a little bit violet and sky, a little bit hurtful, a little bit purple. I'm a little bit everything you like, lads. It's a Tom Jones lyric again. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure this one out. That's Mika. Have, have, you, on. Been on, have you been on TikTok or something, Ben? <laughs> no, I don't, oh. do a, I, don't, I don't do a TikTok. Uh, it's one of those songs that's all over TikTok. Oh, is it? No, I don't do a TikTok. No. Oh, okay. Um, it just well, seems to, seem to fit quite nicely. No, I'm not feeling great, lads, to be honest with you. I'm not feeling particularly... Our very own Mr. Brightside needs a lift, doesn't he? A <laughs> little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't feel particularly great about about Yeovil Town at the moment, but who does? <laughs> who does? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was that sort of afternoon. I mean, luckily for you two, you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> we felt like we were there, though, because we were listening to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I spent the afternoon on Three Valleys Radio. Delivering my insight, you might call it. <laughs> Square root of zero Glover's cast plugs, by the way, on, on international radio. Cheers well, I thought after after your diatribe on on uh, Friday's episode and being less than two metres, you know, two metres away from the target yeah. of said diatribe. Is that thought, COVID safe? <laughs> yeah, we had a window between us. The window was open, though. I thought I'd better be a little bit careful. Um, 
yeah don't want to get uh you know when you know when we say they all listen yeah he don't listen i, I reckon he does you reckon he does no he doesn't no, he doesn't. He hasn't, he hasn't walked. Well, I guess he did walk away in the end, didn't he? But, he did at the but, end of the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, once security let let uh, let everyone out, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a thing. Away from the baying hordes of eleven-year-olds that were uh, massing outside the away terrace. Yes. Yeah. Mass, um... Massing or gathering in their <laughs> tens. <laughs> the tens of. Yeah. <laughs> Tens don't of think, fans. They, they don't think they'll be doing a sequel to Football Factory there, will they? But uh... no, no, I wouldn't have thought so. It was um, all a bit silly. I think the uh, the way the game went. Well, I said I said yesterday, probably the worst possible way, other than defeat, it was the worst possible way that game could have gone to concede a late goal like that in the environment, in the, um, you know, there was chants about Scott Priestnell yesterday, the most vocal they've been. Not that he was there to hear them. Going to have to shout really loud to get to Turkey. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was just like it was destined to go that way. And it felt like our second half performance, we just invited Weymouth onto us. And we had no, we had no, plan no strategy to to deal with it i think the whole the, the thing i noticed about weymouth was the whole game they knew what they wanted to do they got the ball down they they passed the ball around they worked it out there was a couple of shaky moments with the keeper but they sort of had a game plan and stuck to it whereas i didn't we didn't have a game plan i didn't know what our game plan was we got the we got the goal which was there was a bit of fortune in our goal the way it broke through to charlie wakefield it was a great finish by charlie wakefield and he'll always have that moment of scoring in front of the thatchers in the um in the derby and you know it was a really positive really positive start but we had a couple of chances nothing major um following that and then i don't know what was said at half time but we're just in our shells then. They just did not come out the same way. It was uh, defensive. It was letting them on to us. We made, um, I forgot his first name. We let Musa in the middle of midfield. And Omar Musa. Yeah. Omar Musa. We made him look like Alonso. He was just spraying balls around. Um, he wasn't, yeah, he, he was fantastic, really. And what we would do for a. <laughs> centre midfielder like that just to control the game he was he was yeah really impressive and um yeah I like the look of him we've got one he's playing centre back <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and I, I that's my thing is if Josh Staunton a defensively minded midfielder is the answer to our midfield issues what question are we asking? Because he's not that forward thinking. He's not He's not going to grab the ball and run 40 yards with it to the edge of the box. And no. I, you know, I love him. I think he's a fantastic player. And I think we would be a considerably worse side without him in the team. But I, at the same time, him and Gorman in the middle is still going to be a defensive-minded pairing that I don't think that I think the change that we need on on the pitch is more than just swapping the existing combinations and and yeah put it's playing the same sort of style of football because you have two defensive midfielders in that midfield you just we're still going to just draw people onto us but from the evidence that we saw against Halifax and the evidence that we saw against Stockport, not only are they able to break things up better, they do dictate the play and allow the freedom. We've mentioned it before, just allow the freedom of those around them because you give the, it gives them a certain level of sort of solidarity and solidity behind an attacking at times four like we had at Stockport. So I think I think there is a very simple fix, and that would be to push Josh Daunton back into a midfield role. 
to just play the, the I, I hate the phrase, but to play the quarterback to the dictator where everything just ticks at his pace, whether he breaks stuff up, whether he starts things off. No, he's not going to run 40 yards with the ball and get to the edge of the box. That's not his job. His job is to allow Tom Knowles to do that. His job is to allow Charlie Wakefield to do that, to allow Josh um, Jordan Barnett to scream down the left because there's, there's extra cover. Um, and that's what we saw in the games where we were good. And that's what we have really to go off. In the games where we were good and we were picking up big results, that Halifax win was really ugly and it was brilliant. The Stockport result was really expansive and it was lovely. And that was because we had that solid, solid base in the middle at the back that just allowed everyone else the freedom to do whatever the hell they want. And I feel like that's missing. When you talk about inviting pressure, when you talk about having a game plan, that's what that offered us. We had a game plan. We're going to break up and stifle creative um, players from the opposition and we're going to get things going through that level of solidity. And that seems to have gone at the same time as our form has gone. And I'm just adding two and two together. And where, whether I'm making four or 444, I don't really know. That's why I'm not an FA, FA qualified coach. But, <laughs> but I'm just picking together two things that seem to have coincided at the same time. It's probably as much the fact Luke Wilkinson isn't there. And actually, the four that we talked about was Hunt, Wilkinson, Staunton, Gorman. And getting back to that four at the earliest possible point has to be a benefit for us. Well, we spoke all the way through those first games, obviously, with the exception of the very first one. And I chucked the older shot one in there as well, because although they were still finding each other, I think the Staunton-Gorman partnership was, was there. But I think also in that game, you saw more of... Uh, Jordan Barnett getting forward. You saw more of Charlie Wakefield getting forward. I mean, uh, it's obviously been a little while since I've, uh, I've I've seen anybody get forward uh, because I haven't been there to watch it. But uh, uh, I, I think it's that settled side that we spoke about at the beginning of the season. We we don't have that settled side anymore, do we? Because we're we're trying to chop and change to respond to things that we think are happening. And actually, what we're doing is um, unsettling things rather than settling things down yeah i think we're, we're breaking up those mm. partnerships there is a partnership a little before bit. they start yeah. because you know the full yeah we were 442 before and i thought i thought the 433 worked it worked quite well in moments but then what you lose is that protection in front of the fullback i think moss's form is not what it was when he first came to us and maybe that's because he hasn't got Charlie Wakefield sat in front of him or um, we, we swapped up on the left-hand side with Robinson in for a bit and then Barnett's back in now, but he then doesn't have that protection in front of him because we've got more of a three in the middle. Um, then you've got Knowles having to play centre midfield with Worthington and Gorman. Seymour was running around a lot yesterday and I do like him. I think there's a player in there, but he's sort of come into us at a difficult time um, to make an impact and I thought the, the big the big one for me that stood out yesterday was Joe Quigley and I know after the game on Tuesday I said on our conclusions that I thought he needed to be taken out if anything of the firing line because he will bear the brunt of the criticism because he is the target man, he is the person we're aiming the ball to every time, just by default. Um, and yesterday just did not get a break at all. The uh, defender who Weymouth had signed, Joseph Yarny, was all over him like a rash. Uh, he was first to the ball, he was winning the headers, he was winning those fouls that sometimes go the striker's way, but didn't go Joe Quigley's way yesterday. And then the, the corner at the end where they try to hold it and lose it within seconds, concede a foul, keeper lumps it up, <laughs> leads to a throw-in, throw-in in the box, goal. It, it was just, his day was not a good day at all. Um, had a, didn't really have a, any clear chances again. But then, you know, like I said, I think it's, we're, we're playing that, bang out of form that the changes need to be a bit more drastic like we need to maybe we have to try Yusuf and Seymour up front and change it a little bit stop lumping it up to Quigley you know the most success or, or the, the best football we played under Darren Sarr was 
probably when he had Dufferson Murphy up front, and they weren't particularly both target men type strikers, were they? Albeit we had very different personnel behind. Not that Duffers he mentioned it. Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember any of those. Did, names. You remember, did you know Carl Dickinson used to play first? <laughs> and Charlie Lee. Did he? Yeah, yeah and Charlie I, Lee. Did. I must yeah. have missed that. I must have yeah. missed that. Yeah. I I do think I do think um I do think Darren Sal needs to have a little bit of rule two about him. Maybe he needs a rule one point five because he can't contractually have a rule two. He doesn't get to wait till the day after. Well, that's but, where he was, why it took so long after the well, game. He was think, having a little kick. I wonder if he is just making, trying to take himself five minutes. But, I mean, I for the first time yesterday, I got a little tiny bit frustrated about him bemoaning the lack of Dickinson and Lee and Smith and whoever else and Dagnall he mentions time and time again. Do you know what? I get it. You do want to have those people back, but you haven't. You haven't. Let's concentrate on the guys that we have got. Because I think one thing we all agree on, and this is my daily dose of Beemore Barrett here, is that actually there is probably a half-decent, fairly good National League squad in there. I think we're all happy with Smith, the keeper. We like the fact that players like Max Hunt have got a bit about them at this level. Josh Staunton, we've spoken incredibly highly of. We know there's creativity in Wakefield and in Knowles. We've seen a goal scorer in Joe Quigley, even if he is out of form at the moment. There are... There's a good National League side there. Barnet, I'd chuck in there as well. And even maybe some of the loanees that we've seen bits and pieces from. But we've seen more, you know, the message that we're being told is, but I haven't got Carl Dickinson. But I haven't got Charlie Lee. No, but you have got good players. No, Jordan Barnett's not Char- uh, Carl Dickinson. But he's a left-back who sticks a tackle in, who the fans are really trying to get behind and want to see more of. So let's let's just not, worry about what's gone before us because it's happened it's done let's move on with the guys that we have got and try and get these guys going again because there is a half decent squad there and it just it just frustrated me last time last night hearing again for the umpteenth time about those players that aren't there and the leaders that are in tracksuits not kits i know i know i know i know i know i know but come on it just do, you think what he's, do you think what he's actually trying to say there is he, he hasn't got the he hasn't got the backing to be able to bring in those options? Oh, without, that he obviously without question, make. without question, and he has to he has to veil that because he can't come out and go, boss isn't giving me any money. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, that's not you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. Yeah, I, can I, we yeah. draw down on the Sport England loan, please, boss? I need yeah. some more. <laughs> so you know he can't say that, and I appreciate that he can't say that, but. I, can we not talk about Carl Dickinson next week if we lose in the, in the replay or if we go to Grimsby and get Tonk 6-0? Can we not mention that? Can we not talk about Charlie Lee? He plays for Billericay. If you want to go watch Billericay, go and watch Billericay. Crack on. If you want to go up to Hanley Town, be my guest. But I'm just a bit like, okay, can we just worry about the guys that we have got? Because I think that's the big stark difference between the two interviews. Josh Staunton was talking about the guys that were hurt he was saying there's a dressing room that's hurt. There's a dressing room that needs to go and put a few past them. You know, we understand. I feel like he doesn't hold quite the same punches. Maybe because he took an extra few minutes just to kind of breathe. Maybe he is one of the leaders in the, in the dressing room, and I appreciate that. But it's a stark difference between the way that they're talking. And when that's the only output we get, a bunch of frustrated supporters are not going to appreciate, but we haven't got Carl Dickinson. It's, it's just a frustration on top of an unnecessary frustration in terms of on the pitch. I think we were sort of told as well, you know, this manager is a developer of young talent, loves coaching young players, mm. but we're not seeing that, are we? <laughs> in the, in the, well, we, 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 he coaches them, obviously, but after a game, he's very quick to dig out the fact that they're young players. And I don't know, I find that, well, you know, I'm not a manager, obviously. Yeah, I, I just find it a bit. Um, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. No, but I think I think development football, under twenty three stuff at Watford, he would have had that as an academy. It's so so different, isn't it? To real proper men's professional football, it is, yeah, it's so so different. So he is probably a very good youth player, but a player, a youth coach that he can work with a player for eighteen months like he may have done with Sonny Blue, like he may have done with uh, Dion Pereira. 
and stick them out in under 18s games and under 16s games and under 15s games, whatever else. And if it doesn't quite go right, you just kind of ruffle the hair and go, never mind, mate, there's always next week. At this level, it's not never mind, mate, there's always next week because there are tickets to sell. There are sponsorships to sell. There are people to try and get on board. And at the end of the day, there are mortgages on the line and there are jobs on the line and things like that. So it is different. Um, and, you know, we have had some success. Romeo Hutton and players like that and Josh Neufield who have come to us and hugely benefited from their time with us. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to completely dig him out for, for comments about his youth um, coaching because we have had some success alongside a few iffy ones as well. I think the one thing listening to his interview followed by Josh Staunton's interview that, that, that struck me was the lack of accountability as well. I mean, like you said, Ben, Josh Staunton's first thing that he said was um, we've got to look at ourselves as a group of men. I thought I heard a little bit of the manager in there when he mentioned as a group of men. But um, and then he said, because 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 we weren't good enough, whereas with Darren Sal, he's what did he say at the end? Something about we've got to grow a pair. Some of these players, some of these players have to grow a pair. And I thought to myself, well, to be honest with you, Darren, I think Josh Staunton's grown a pair more than more than you have there. And I, I felt more like Josh Staunton was the manager, and uh, and Darren Sal was the was the player. Listening to those two interviews, and I follow we... one into battle, but I'm not sure I follow the other. Maybe it, that's the problem. Can we, you know, and. Saying that, as soon as the final whistle goes yesterday, yeah. Darren Sars down the tunnel. And those players were on the pitch and they did do their lap and they did, you know, applaud the fans. Um and they were there front and centre to, to take it. Whereas who who orchestrated that then? Because the players could have just walked walked in, but there must have been a leader that turned around and, and said, No, no, we stay. Who, who was it, Skiver? I, I can't say I noticed. I didn't. If anyone, if anyone knows, notice. let us know because that would be interesting. You talk about leaders and characters and things and buzzwords that we've heard a million times. Who was it that kept the players on the pitch and made them do their lap and made them thank and apologise? I'm not sure. But who was it? Has, is it Skivo? Did he come on? And did, did he go, no, you get back out there and you do it? Did, was it was it Staunton? Was it the, the senior heads? Was it Reed and Little who were there and in their tracksuits? You know, is it is it those guys? I don't I don't know, and I'll be interested to know because, you know, we do need those people. Big time. Maybe Carl Dickinson ran up. Oh, that'll know. be it. Stay out there, yeah. <laughs> that'll be it. Hanley went out in the last round, didn't they? They probably had yeah, a free day. Yeah, he's probably there. Yeah. <laughs> didn't see him. No. <laughs> Too busy orchestrating. Stay yeah. on. Stay on. Yeah. 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 No, I didn't think that was very good. Um, again, though, again, though, and this is where we cannot. And I'm trying to play devil's advocate to make this, to add context wherever I can. I, I don't know what that feels like as a manager to, to concede a 94th minute game after you've bigged it up for two weeks. Because when I was on the press conference two weeks ago, ahead of whatever game it was, he was talking about the Weymouth game and he was bigging it up and bigging it up. And for 93 minutes, however good or bad the performance was, we were in the hat, we were in the next round, we were an FA Cup first round team. It was going to be the corner turner for this season. And then to concede like that in the way that we'd done, if we conceded in the 70th minute and it was one all, he may have had a bit more time just to chill and calm and then go back out. Maybe he just he just didn't react particularly well. And I, I, as someone who doesn't know what that feels like, I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm just a bit wary of giving someone complete pelters when you don't really know the situation. But you do want professional manager head to kind of switch on a little bit quicker maybe. At least by the time he does his pre-match, uh, post-match press conference, however many hours it was afterwards. I'm trying, lads. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to do benefit of doubt stuff. I'm trying to. I'm trying to play both sides of it because we don't know. We don't know, do we? We don't know what it's like in that dressing room right now. It might be pretty darn toxic. And I'm trying to figure out what it's like. I don't know. I think the biggest benefit of the doubt I'd give him is what I've said before. What I've said today is that he just doesn't have the doesn't have the the, the backing there to be mm. able to do anything. Yeah, uh, that true. that's the biggest thing. Is that we've said before that he's do. There's so many people at the club that are doing things with their hands tied behind their back, and Darren Sal is doing something with his hands tied behind his back. And we spoke before about how when he. Um, you know, he came in in his first season and he didn't have a team there and he put one together. And then the second season there was COVID and this season, you know, it, 
I, I don't know. It just feels like there's there's a reason, you know, there, there, there are reasons for everything, but I just wonder how much those reasons uh, matter. No, ev- no, you could say last season, everybody had COVID. Obviously, everybody didn't have everything that we had thrown at us last season. The beginning of the season before, he, he came in and, and had to pick up that, well, what was, I think we said, Matt Worthington sat looking back at him and nobody else. Um, but, there always seems to be a, oh, yeah, but if we didn't have that, oh, yeah, but if we didn't have that. When you get to three seasons of saying, oh, well, if we had more of this or more of that, do you, is it those reasons? Is it just those reasons? Or is it just the fact that he's not the right man for us? I think in that first half of the, in the first half of the first season, and probably all the way through the first season, albeit was a, it was aborted, he undoubtedly was the one who, and we've said it all before, and we brought us through and gave us that um gave us that spirit and not to not to sound a bit like him and chucking Carl Dickinson and <clears throat> Lee Collins and Charlie Lee and all of those other people that we mentioned. Um they were the ones who brought us through then then as well. But it, it just feels to me now that listening to he he seems like a, like he's he's given up to me when I hear his uh, when I hear his interviews and I hear the same kind of things that I heard from Gary Johnson, Gary Johnson, who, you know, I, I would build a statue of the man somewhere if I, if we could for everything that he did for the club. But towards the end of his tenure with us, you just got the impression that he was looking in the hat for a rabbit to pull out and there just wasn't one there. And I just see the same things from Darren Sahl. He just, just looks like he doesn't know what to do and he doesn't know what to do with what he's got in, what he's got there in front of him. Fair or unfair? No, pretty fair. I think it's something that I, I alluded to last season, wasn't it? That I wanted Darren Sarr to have a, a full, proper pre-season. Um, and he, for all intents and purposes, apart from that break at the end, he got one. Yeah. And I think that's what makes the start of the season so frustrating because I held up so much hope based on what he did in, in about 10 minutes flat in the first season and what he managed yeah. to pull together. Um, that if he had a full pre-season and he had a full recruitment sort of window that we could really have something and you know I've I'm sure you're going to ask me about it but I did hit the snooze button for two games <laughs> and I joked uh, I joked last night I said well technically this game's only at half time now so I'm going to try and buy myself another one but you know I it almost regardless of what happens in the replay it feels to me like oh we're not going to get that are we we're not going to be quite where I wanted us to be quite where I hoped we would be quite where I thought we were going to be I'm not quite sure whether or not that makes me style out yet I don't know um I don't feel like I am weirdly like I feel like if you're going to nail your colors to the mast and be in out or shaking it all about that you, you kind of um you feel it and I don't feel it yet um Do I don't you know whether... think that's because the last was the last game you went to Stockport yeah it was um and that was that was absolutely sensational. Yeah. Let's get that right. That was as near a damn at a perfect away day as I've seen in years. But there's the it's it, there, there is a whole thing of the the whole environment. This game of four home games in a row was not just about getting the home form sorted. It was not just about putting on a show. It was about selling tickets for Christmas. It was about putting on a performance. If you went yesterday, or if you went against Knots, or you went against Maidenhead. Maidenhead. Are you going to sit there and turn around and go to your kids? Should we do one of the Christmas games? No, it's Torquay. They're going to spank us. You know what I mean? If we're going to have... Yesterday, we had two shots on target in a game we should have won and didn't win in the 94th minute. We had two shots on target again. We had plenty off target and we had corners and we had chances. But you have to, we have to remember that we are trying to sell tickets here. You know, there's a chance that there could be half-season tickets. We're going to, there's going to be, hopefully, a Christmas boom in the club shop. But all of that stuff only works in tandem with what's being viewed on the pitch. Yeah. When the majority of Yeovil Town fans are seeing complete dross for four consecutive home games, are you going to go to that Woking game Tuesday midweek? If only if less than 3,000 could be bothered to turn up for Weymouth, how many are going to turn up for that Woking game? Not many. 600 of them from Weymouth. Well, so, so it, yeah, it was 3-3, it was, it was three, three, wasn't it? Minus yeah. 600. So two. Closer eight. to 700. 676 yeah. there were Weymouth fans. So you're looking at what, 2625 from, from Yeovil? Yeah, that's, for the first that, time we've played Weymouth in 20 plus years. That's genuinely a disgrace. Yeah. 
and you know there are probably a thousand reasons why that's a disgrace but it is a disgrace and you know these four games have been a point where we you know we should have sold the football club um ian i was going to ask you a question actually about 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 the build-up to this week because it's something that i hadn't really noticed apart from the back page of the western gazette and if anybody happened to stumble across the gloverscast.co.uk was there any evidence that we were playing Weymouth in an FA Cup tie in the town or in around the area at all? No. I mean, you know what I mean, I mean? There, there wasn't that much on the Western Gazette, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? This is where I start to bang my head against a brick wall. Yeah. One thing we've said at the Glover's cast, isn't it, is that we need to sort of start breaching out beyond social media. Yeah, yeah. fine. We, we, we want to do that. We want to be on BBC. You're on Three Valleys. I'm, we're trying to get in the Western Gazette. We do a weekly column in the Western Gazette. One of you two has got to write one of those today, by the way. Um, and things like that. We, we want to start breaching out. If there's no evidence in the town that we are playing them lot down the road for the right to play in the FA Cup first round for the first time in 21 years, what? what? We're trying to sell 19 quid tickets in the process. What? Someone tell me what's going on here. That's, you know, we're trying to, the whole club is, has this ethos at the moment that just baffles me a little bit. That isn't reaching out to this, that isn't reaching out to its community around them in a way that I thought it could, maybe should um, at the moment. And that's, and that's a real disappointment. And that all comes because at the very, very top, there is nothing. So we talk about on the pitch, it seems like we are hamstrung. We are hands tied behind backs. At the very top, if the owner can't be bothered to be there for the biggest game in 21 years, why should anyone else bother? And I feel like I've gone on a tangent there, but I just it just frustrates the crap out of me that there was no effort to go and get a casual fan like my dad. My dad could have been there, lives in Yeovil, had no idea, had no idea. Yeah. And I think more people you know, doing things with town style behind their back in it, more people off yeah. the pitch as well as on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. And obviously we saw the, you know, the tickets were meant to be on sale until midnight on Friday. Then they go back on, back on sale until one o'clock. You know, there's only one reason they were back on sale, isn't there? Um, I wonder how many of that boosted it by. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. So it's just, that's, that's the frustrating thing for me that, we just seem as a whole thing in what should have been the biggest moment in the club's last two decades that we were just, we just slept walked into it. And that's exactly what we gave everyone who was applicably everyone who deserved it. We gave them pelters for sleepwalking out of the football league while we slept walked into that game yesterday. I mean, the club is, it is literally dying in front of our eyes. I genuinely think that. When I go to the ground, having been there four matches in a row, not all the turnstiles open. I don't know why that is. Not sold enough tickets, not got enough people to volunteer to do them. Um, the, the atrocious stuff behind the back of the Thatcher's Terrace, just a wasteland that wouldn't look you know, too far out of place around the corner at the tip. The just environment with the supporters on Tuesday night and the bizarre chants and just weirdness. And then, yeah, the overarching negativity around the fact that we do have an owner who doesn't go to games, isn't there, doesn't give a shit, quite abundantly doesn't give a shit and is taking everyone for a ride. If he gave, if he gave a damn, about the supporters and the club and bringing it back to the community like he talked about when he first came in, he would have replied to that statement immediately yeah. on Tuesday. He, he, prob he probably doesn't even know that that statement exists. He does. He doesn't care that that statement exists. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's only, you know, <laughs> it's only down to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the fans the fans feel this way because of how he's treated them and how he's treated the club you know we that hashtag that kicked off on Thursday carried on into Friday you know Elliot started that and then he's gone from that to Saturday after the game saying he's not going to put any more money into the club while the owner's there 
Bought a ticket for the replay though, but that's because he's not putting money into the club. <laughs> yeah. It's, I just, uh, yeah. I mean, we, it was quite emotional looking through all those, those things that came up and hopefully the, the people will, at the table, look through that, get the message. Yeah. Get it over the line or fuck off. <laughs> uh, there's a title. Get it over the line or fuck off. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, so we saw, so, so what, what can we do different on Tuesday then? Let's try and turn this. I'll try and be Ben and try and turn <laughs> this round to be a bit more positive. I'm not going to sing. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe always look on the bright side of life. I'll sing, I'll sing us out to that. Give but, us some um, Barry White like uh, Three Valleys did yesterday. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the walrus of love. Right, so what What are we going to do better? What are we going to do better on Tuesday? Are we going to take Joe Quigley out? Are we going to put out of use of him? That was the one change that I was thinking in the second half, that, you know, if you're going to try something in the second half yesterday, why not? Why, why, why not try something like that? What What can we do? Come on, tactical masterminds. Not play Tom Knowles in centre midfield. Um, right, I'll just write these down. Not, I'll send these to Darren. <laughs> send them to Carl Dickinson. Where are it? Yeah. Yeah. he's our most. You know, he based on last season, our most threatening player going forward, and we're moving him further and further away from goal. And it, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Um, like, you know, we've said move Staunton forward. We've got to try something a bit different. Yeah. I don't know who we, I mean, we were told that Robinson could play centre-back, but he does not look like a centre-back. He will get, I think he will get the runaround if he's moved into centre-back. Mm-hmm. We thought Wakefield um, was a, was a, positive yesterday yeah from what I, I mean i was only listening to you maybe you holding back a little bit on the radio i don't know <laughs> you, but, but he sounded like a positive yeah he was yeah he, he did well he did well the one thing that sort of caught my eye was that gorman or worthington would break out with the ball in midfield and they'd immediately be looking to that right wing mm-hmm. to find charlie wakefield but he was up front and they didn't have that outlet to get the ball forward because there was no option there on the right-hand side. So almost like we're still sort of thinking we're in a 4-4-2, but we're not. There isn't a winger as an outlet. So maybe bring uh, a Wakefield back uh, and push uh, Knowles out and push Staunton forward. (laughs) I'm making hand gestures here that you can't see. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I like the 4-4-2. Yeah. I did. I think it maybe we could get Mike Bassett in as manager. <laughs> well, yeah, he liked the four four two, didn't he? I like. I, I mean, Mike Bassett's green and white. Arm. Yeah, I like wingers. I like wingers. Maybe we can't play a four four two without a target man, but Gary Johnson used to do it all the time. Of course, you can play a four four two without. Well, a target yeah, man. no, I I know, but when I say we, oh, okay, fine, fine, royal <laughs> use. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you know, look what James Hayter and Paddy Madden used to do, and we don't have either of them, obviously. But the intelligence with which James Hayter played when he was coming towards the end of his career with us was... Don't say he was an experienced player. Don't say he was an experienced player. I was going to say that for a second there. I thought for a second (laughs) it was a post-match press conference (laughs) and someone was looking back on former glories. I'm not sure. But, I mean, Adi Youssef is 29. And I don't think he has the intelligence of James Hayter for one second. And he's 29 until he's 30. So. Exactly, yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's an experienced player who's been around. Like, why aren't we using that? Yeah. Maybe me, because he gets sent off for, for two yellow cards in five minutes in the last game. But there's an element. Is there an element of trust? I don't know. It feels like, I mean, the turnaround for you, Ben, from Stockport is like unbelievable. Even for Coatsy, the Boreham Wood game, you know. I've got, I was going to say that because the last game I saw, we lost. Yeah. And yet I went out of that game uh, applauding those players off the pitch. And yeah. we'd lost. And I know we've lost 
uh, well, it feels like we've lost four games since then, but we've only actually lost one. Um, but uh, but we 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 we've drawn three, and and, and that is just uh, just bizarre to me. And I, I do have to wonder whether being at home, you know, it's a good thing because it doesn't feel like a good thing, does it? Based on those four performances, maybe maybe that's the best thing we can look forward to is being away. Yeah, and you know, I think that's because of the whole ownership situation. Yeah, yeah. Fans go in that ground with their backup. Is he there? Isn't he there? And he's not there. And yeah, it just doesn't. You know, the whole mentality. Well, for me, the whole mentality changes. I don't know if other people. There's certainly some people who are as close to that as I am. Some people who don't give a crap that the owner's not there. But yeah, you know, there were vocal chant. The the chants yesterday were the loudest they've been. Um, calling for him to go. We just have to wonder if at the beginning of that game yesterday, if somebody walked onto the pitch promising this bright new future for the club, how different the place would have been. Yeah, maybe. Okay, but, so let's 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 bring it back to Tuesday. Because I was going to say, I, was, I went from being positive <laughs> to being negative. Sorry about that. I'm not very good right. at being no, you. Fine. You be you instead. <laughs> I'm. I, I agree with most of what you said tactically there. I think we do need to, to, to get back to, to trying something just a little bit different, just to ruffling a few feathers. For me, it's an attitude thing. We have to get back to... Remember before the Halifax game, Pete Wilde said they're going to try and bully us. They're going to try and bully us. They're going to think they can bully us. And I remember asking uh, Darren Sal about that in the pre-match and his, his face lit up. He almost knew he'd got Pete Wilde, the angry little black current. He almost knew he'd won that game. We went out there and we were Yeovil and we were, we were intimidating on others. They were already calling us bullies. And we won that game and we did bully them and we did keep very, very, very good players quiet. In Stockport, I cannot underestimate, you do not go to Stockport, no matter what form they're in, and do what we did to them and run them ragged and force them into two changes before halftime because tactically they, were, they didn't know what was coming at them. You don't do that. Teams before and teams since haven't done that away at Stockport County. So we had that attitude of, we don't give a monkey's rat's ass who you are or what you're doing. <laughs> monkey's rat's ass. I don't know what I was going for there. <laughs> don't know what I was going for. But we had that attitude of, we don't, we, we don't care. We don't care who you are or who you think you are or what players you have. This group is coming there to get in your face and make things ugly. And we've whimpered against Chesterfield, whimpered against Maidenhead, whimpered against Notts County. Altrincham started okay, whimpered off. Weymouth started okay, whimpered off. It's time for us to rock up at the Bob Lucas with the fish and chips and just slap them about a bit. Get a, <laughs> honestly, just slap them about. I want, I want Josh Staunton to miss the game against um, Grimsby at the weekend because he's been booked on Tuesday night. I want, I, I, want, I want his fifth booking. I want Tom Knowles. I want his fifth booking. I want Barnett booked. I want the keeper booked for absolute top-level shit, shit housery. Is that so the manager can get his excuses in for when we I, get no. hammered at Grimsby? I, th- I think Elliot Watts is in taking over Ben. <laughs> I just asking I just want, for, for bookings. I it want. Would, it would I be nice to just to, to fear cool. us. Nobody fears us. No. Imagine coming to Hewish Park and going. This will be easy. Notts County can't defend for love nor money. I was going to walk over him too now. Nobody fears us. Halifax feared us. Stockport feared us. And since then, we've been a wet sap. Ridiculous. And that, that, that's what I want. I want that attitude to come back. And how you get that, that's down to man management. That's down to, that's down to your leaders. That's down to your key personnel in the group. That's down to your skivos and your coaches and your manager at the top. And that's, that's what it comes down to. That's what I want on Tuesday night. I want us to be horrible and bully the crap out of them. How dare they come to Curious Park and, and draw against us in the last minute? How very, very dare you? We're going to go and slap you <laughs> on your own patch now on Tuesday instead. Okay. So, do we know what we're doing on Tuesday yet? Are you going, Ian? No, despite, yeah, he'll be despite he'll be what Clevo thinks. I'm, he'll be there. <laughs> he'll be there. I am not going to be going on. If you uh, see someone in one of those big, like, Groucho mask nose and moustaches, that, that's Ian, on the terrace <laughs> trying to hide from his wife to make sure he doesn't <laughs> tell him off for going out. It's two nights in a row, though, isn't it? You say it was a trust AGM on yeah. Monday a- night. AGM on Monday. Right. Are you sure your wife doesn't want fish and chips on the beach on Tuesday night? I have asked. That would be no. nice, wouldn't it? She doesn't, she doesn't want to go to Weymouth on a Tuesday night in October, unfortunately. No, uh, I don't. Well, neither do I. Neither do I. <laughs> None of us do. I've done four in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I need a night off. 
Yeah. And I won't be going next Tuesday either because I'm away on holiday. Woohoo! All right. Not in a tent. I was going to say, this camping is... in late October. That's no. Great. No. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at the questions that we've had asked to us. Do we move on to them? I think so. Yeah. I haven't looked at social media. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it really positive? Uh, yeah. Is, oh, it's, is it really it's cheerful? Absolutely jumping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> actually, I'm just. I, I'm just looking through questions to see if there's ones that we haven't asked already. Um. Oh God. And 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 I'm not sure any of them make things any better. Um. <laughs> well, uh, we we we've got one here from. Oh, okay. This Let's just go one. through them. Let's we've just got, go through them. Yeah. One here from Adam Skinner. What can, should the fans do to turn things around? Discuss. The fans, that is, the fans. Wait a second, there's a bit of tumbleweed just blowing past me a second. This is really good audio, I'm, isn't it? I don't... Well, short of the South End type of thing, I don't know what else fans can do. There's part of me that doesn't really like that as well, if I'm honest with you, because that then really that impacts the players, I think, more than, than the other ways. It is impactful and it does it does have its moments. I think about Blackpool when they did it five or six times in a row and got the Oysters out. I'm, I'm not sure how much of a fan I am of that, that, that style. I'd part of me would almost rather you stayed away. Um, I don't know. I, I think there are there are boring answers to this. Join the trust where you can make a difference make sure you're in a supporters group where you are being canvassed of your opinions and your thoughts um those things help big time oh i've got a smoke alarm going off is that bacon yeah, that. bacon being cooked <laughs> that's the spam spam's over fried oh no spam fry up yeah this is gonna make massive uh this is wonderful audio but yeah so for me yeah. ignore this listeners ignore that um for me make sure you're in a position where your voice is heard both in terms of at the ground by singing, if you want to support and singing of Priestnell out, Collis out, but also making sure you are in a position where your voice can be canvassed for an official opinion from a trust or a supporters group. There you go. Do you want to go and check up. things aren't on fire? I'm going to go mute and just make sure my family are okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's a really hard one because, yeah, short of that type of thing that we've seen at South End, I don't know. And I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of that. I get the argument that it affects the players, but in reality, are a lot of these players going to be here in a year's time, in two years' time? Like <laughs> the short-term effect on a handful of players versus the long-term effect on yeah. impact at the football club that <laughs> is ours, the football club that we've been to watch for however many years, like. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I, I wouldn't want to see that, I don't think. But no. we're reaching a point where what else can supporters do? To make the point heard, yeah. yeah. Uh, I suppose it depends on what we mean by fans turn things around. It, to turn things around on the pitch, I think the best thing fans could do on the pitch, and this isn't a criticism of what you've just said here, is to turn up at Weymouth in big numbers and be absolutely feral. Be, you know, just... <laughs> at, you know, just rock it, just, just, just sing and just go have a like a proper what a derby on a particularly on a midweek should be. Just give that kind of atmosphere that on the pitch. I think that's the best thing that fans could do is just go absolutely nuts. Forget the, you know, everything there's, well, maybe don't forget everything that's going on, uh, on, on or off the pitch, but on the pitch, I think that's the best thing that we could do as supporters because we can't change anything, um, change anything else. But I think off the pitch, I, I agree with you guys, the best thing that supporters can do is make their voices heard um, and make their voices heard, you know, on social media, maybe that is the only way. I can't imagine Scott Preeson has even bothered to look at his uh, his social media anymore because it's something to do with Oval Town. Glenn Collis, I bet you he uh, looks at his social media. So hopefully they're, uh, you know, picking up the voices of uh, of dissent there. Hopefully, you know, if it is uh, Julian Jenkins who's in the, uh, in, in the other consultant, hopefully he's looking on social media and he's thinking we really need to get this done. And if he is talking to Scott Priest or maybe saying to him, look, Scott, 
what what are you doing here? I mean, you are literally going to be. Uh, I don't think for a second that Scott Breeson has got any ambition to go on and manage, a, you know, be involved in another football club again. But if he has, Jesus Christ, can you imagine what we'll be telling people when uh, when he walks into their club? His reputation as anything, you know, if he had a reputation at Yeovil Town, it's in absolute tatters. So, yeah, I would say let's. Make your voices heard. Make your voices heard on the terrace on Tuesday night if you're there. Make your voices heard. Social media, whatever way that you can. Ben's back. He's dressed like he's been in London's burning. <laughs> so carrying his, 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 his infant son over his shoulder. <laughs> Family are yeah. fine. Crumpets are not. Oh, oh dear. no. No. <laughs> Can't have crumpets this morning, son. Sorry, mate. Man. Okay. I heard that uh, rally cry there, uh, Dave. Well played. I like that. Well done. Uh, uh. Um, I mean, a lot of the other questions are like, <laughs> why have you over been so shit since Stockport? Um, <laughs> do we do we think Sal's time's up? Is everyone tired? Uh, Mike Hudson's asked, is everyone tired of hearing about Dickinson Lee and Dagnall? Um, I mean, I think. Sorry, I saw your question. I was going to say, I think a lot of Sorry. these questions we've asked. Matt Crivelli asks, will Sal go shit or bust on Tuesday <laughs> or take a more conservative approach? A cup run will be absolutely vital to the club financially. Um, do we think we've answered that one? Shit or bust? Kind yeah. of said that. Ben, well, ben talked about everyone wanting to get booked in the first. He needs to go it. bust, but I think he'll go shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another title option written down there. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I mean, have we answered the Sal question? Well, uh, I think I, th- I think I, I think I've said to him that uh, I think I've said that he just I don't think he's he's got it anymore. He feels like he's given up, and if he's given up, it's time to go. I mean, my the five conclusions will be up on the website by the time. Yeah. Uh, the listeners uh, hear this and. As you two both know, I think it is it's time. We do need change. Yeah, but then, as you do say in your five conclusions, there ain't going to be change because nothing changes till everything changes. That's I'm going to get that tattooed somewhere. And right? I want I want to caveat the fact that through all the stuff we went through since April yeah. with the partner Lee Collins, Darren Sell Darren Sell handled himself immeasurably, and he was through that time was just unbelievable but we can't you know we can't base our decision on or we can't base our feelings around that moment and he will always have been the manager who was in time in charge in that awful time and he handled it immensely well and it's you know it was totally tragic and I don't think I would have wanted someone else in charge at that time just of the way he handled it but we're now at a point where on the pitch these last four games have been awful. Um, I think, well, like we said, he's got his hands tied behind his back, but he's so close to the owner in terms of he was brought in by this owner. I don't think he'll be removed by this owner. Um, it's just, it's just not a recipe for success. It really isn't. I'd add in there as well, if I was going to add a caveat to mine, that um, the beginning of uh, the big when he arrived as well, what he did with what he had at that point, and he did get some backing at that point to bring in the experienced lads that we keep talking about. But um, uh, but yeah, he you know did amazing things in that first season um, to to pick us up from the floor and uh, make us all care again. And what did he have you then? Want to start a podcast. What did he have then when he came in? EFL money. Uh, yeah, yeah. EFL parachute payments. Mm-hmm. And he's got nothing now. No, no, exactly. Like we said, hand behind his back. Ben? I am I am more Natalie and Bruley about this than I ever have been before. <laughs> like I said earlier, I don't feel like I am Sal out. But then I don't really know what I am. Like, what's the what's the alternative? Skiver for a few games, go and get some other randomer in who needs to change everything in January. 
but at the same time, I recognise that even if we win against Weymouth, short of winning 4-0, 5-0 against Weymouth on Tuesday, if we go there and we get a scrappy 1-0 that wasn't very good and our keeper has a worldie and they probably still the better side and they miss a host of chances, but we squeak through, does that make everything okay? No, no, it doesn't. If we go and batter them 4-0 and then go to Grimsby and grind out a Halifax 1-0-less performance and we turn a corner then yeah, then it, that will make the difference. But I don't know how long I have in me to kind of go, well, maybe the next one's the start of the turn. Maybe the next one's the one where we kickstart that going again. I don't, I don't know. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not prepared to stick my, stick my flag in the ground and say, oh, no, I am now, Sal out. Um, but <laughs> I really don't know. I really, really don't know. And that is as close to as close as I've, I've ever been. Because the last season, when we when this conversation came up, when we were crap for that period, you guys did for a time go Sal out. I didn't. And I stuck and said, no, we cannot. We have to stay with him. And this is the only time now where I have, I have questioned my loyalty to him. Because he has had, for the most part, what I wanted. A full preseason, a full recruitment window. But it, it, something's, not, something's not clicking. So... I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And that, and that is probably the most damning thing I've said about it is that I don't know because he did feel like he was deflated and a bit defeated in that, in that post-match press conference. And he didn't sound like the leader that, that led us through that first season. He didn't sound like that himself. You know, like you said, Dave, Josh Staunton did. So I don't, I don't know, lads. And I know you're going to take the piss out of me by saying I'm sat on the fence and I got splinters in my ass and all the rest of it. <laughs> and do you know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Because I don't know. I, I actually don't know. And that is maybe the most heartbreaking thing of it all is because I did know before. Now I don't know. I feel maybe that, like maybe that says the, maybe that speaks volumes. I feel like, you know, when you're in like a relationship and you know that you're going to inevitably break up, but you're just hanging on to something and you don't know what that is. It feels like that. Yeah. Memories. I think that's what we're holding on to is memories of those things that we've, uh, we've spoken about. It is that, uh, you know, doing that, uh, the LA, LA, LA at all, all those games in the first season. It is uh, listening to Darren Sahl talk after the passing of Lee Collins. It is all of those things. That's what we're, that's what we're holding on to. And we all desperate, like, uh, believe me, there, I would, there would be nobody happier if I had to eat this hat that I've had up on my shelf for, um, uh, for however long, uh, because Darren Sahl turned it around and, and, and he can, come up to me next time I'm at a game, he can stick a finger up in front of me and say, up yours. Well, I was right. Very different were wrong. <laughs> I was wondering where that finger oh. was going. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I, I, would, I would love it. I would love it if he, if he, if he said that. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> if we, I love it if we beat them. Love it. The biggest, I would, yeah. The biggest, the biggest damn, damning thing that I can say is that I can no longer give the other side of the coin on this argument i cannot be the sal in to your sal out last season i could and now i can't but it feels like it's a bit much to to go and join you guys yet i don't i don't know why i'm sorry that makes me jibbing out i'm sorry that makes me a rubbish opinionated um podcaster and i know that there will be over fans who would want everyone to be singing from the same hymn sheet on this but i just don't know what to say I'm not sure I ever quite got Saal out last season. I seem I seem to remember saying that um, if when uh, if he hadn't when we lost at stop um, not Stockport at Torquay on Boxing Day, I think I said then that he had two games left to save his job. To be fair to him, he beat Oldershot three 0 and then beat Torquay two one in those next two games. So he did stick a finger up to me um <laughs> say that very slowly and precisely um at that point so i'm not sure i ever quite got sal out last season but is, is uh, the difference then... that he, is the difference that he had two games to save his job this time around and drew one or was older shot altrincham and, and weymouth in two damp squibs uh, they do feel very damp we didn't lose either of them did we that's the thing we haven't lost you know how darren way to... specialized in winning draws yeah Darren Sowell specialises in losing draws. <laughs> it's, you know, that's just how the last few games have felt. And maybe it's because I've been overexposed to it for 360 minutes. Um... No, but Maidenhead with 10 men, Altrium with a defender in goal, and yeah. Weymouth, you know, 
seagull bollers in the FA Cup. Three games you should be winning. And not just Are winning. they all part time teams? They are no, part time teams. Are we yeah. in a still part time? Yeah. 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 Like, you know, I don't obviously these players can look after themselves a lot more than they could back in the day when teams were part time. You know, it's a lot more accessible to get to a gym now than it was however many years ago, but we should be tonking part time teams, shouldn't we? Yes. In my view, <laughs> I think if you're spending all your week on a training ground, working with players, and these people have other jobs that you're against, you should you should be putting them away. We but should. I, I mean, there was a question: <laughs> How long before we're part time? Yeah, I didn't want to ask that one. <laughs> no, I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, but Jesus, can you imagine? Yeah, if this is what happens when we're full time, well, I, mean, we... I think we 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 are. We've said it for for a long time. I, I I don't think ever since we've been even all those years in the football league off the pitch, I'm not sure we ever really got out of the non-league. You know, we were we've always had that sort of <clears throat> little old yeovil mentality. There might be there, there there are some exceptions to that. Some seasons where we were a lot more um you know professional off the pitch, but it does feel that we've always been a bit non-league off the off when, the pitch when gary johnson came back after six or seven years and said yeah nothing's changed, Nothing changed. in his first press conference <laughs> red flags yeah things have changed now it's a lot worse yeah a lot worse All right. positive to end on ben? yeah <laughs> Anything positive to end on? Um, no. <laughs> if you if you're able to get yourself to Weymouth, like I say, be absolutely feral. Let off flares. Shut. Oh, actually, don't because it's please don't encourage that. Even Somerset police, Screaming. we do not encourage that. <laughs> Scream and shout and make a make a real atmosphere. Get be get behind the players. Shout whatever you need to shout to, uh, about the um about the ownership and what you want them to hear as well. But I think that's the most positive thing. Going back to the question, fan, what fans can do, make your voices heard. That's as near to positive as I can finish on. Don't don't shout at journalists trying to do their jobs though. By the way, Sheridan got some abuse from the stands yesterday. Um, whilst she was waiting for the for the for the manager, like if that's if that's you, you need to give your head a little wobble, please, because that's that's just stupid. You can be frustrated, you can be cheesed off as much as you like, but come on, people are trying to do their jobs, people are trying to get by. We're trying to ask tough questions. We here at the Clovers cast have asked tough questions. Sheridan's tried to ask tough questions about Mitch Rose and stuff, abusing local journalists. Give your head a wobble, you Egypt. There you go. There's something, a positive uh, note to finish on. That, that's something I wanted to add in because that's nothing short of a disgrace. It's nothing short of a disgrace that Avon and Somerset Police uh, having to have a statement saying there's been trouble because some eight-year-old kids are kicking off outside with an average IQ of about four. You know, this whole club is just needs it needs realigning a little bit, and um, yeah, it's, it feels it feels like a long way off, and got to start Tuesday. Or Can, it cannot come quick enough. No, and I don't think you get those scenes outside the stadium. You don't get those scenes without the environment and the toxicity that is at the club, in my view. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely spot on. So come on. Come on, Scott. Sort it out. Come on, Glenn. Walk away. <laughs> I think we're done here. Is this but, um, when I sing Always Look on the Bright Side of Life? <laughs> <laughs> Some things in life are bad. They make you really... No, I won't. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Tell that. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. Hey! Always look on the bright side of life. 
always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten, and that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Manor, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from John. Goal. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.